Hello everyone, I'm your host, April Metzler for the RSVP Show, and you've tuned into my Focusing on God in the Music segment. I have a guest today that knows how to wrap things up. His name is Cash Memphis. He is my brother in Christ, a Christian rapper, a fellow songwriter, retired staff sergeant in the U.S. Army, skilled artist, and a dedicated father and devoted husband. Get ready, because this conversation is going to prompt you to think about some things for real, because Cash shares some real-life experiences and how God called him out of his old life into the new. The scriptural focus is how he has applied 1 Corinthians 7, 19-20 to his walk with God in spite of the world. It begs the question, where is your focus? Now is your opportunity to get your Bible, study pad, and a pencil or pen. And as always, we will be getting started here shortly by opening in prayer and inviting the Holy Spirit in to ensure that this visit is protected and blessed in his name for his glory. Thank you for joining. Welcome to another episode of the RSVP Show. I'm your host, April Metzler, and I have with me a very special guest. His name is Cash Memphis, and he is awesome. I am so excited. He is a Christian rapper, and I will tell you more about him, obviously, through his commentary. He's going to share about himself here in a second. So, Cash, thank you so much for being a guest. It's my pleasure to be here. It almost feels like a, a warm summer day. You know, feels like I'm at home. <laughs> well, that's Oklahoma for you. No. <laughs> hey, there you go. Can you if feel Oklahoma? <laughs> so let the audience know a little bit about you. Did you say 82? <laughs> 80 degrees. 80 degrees. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So tell the audience a little bit about you real quick so that you can be introduced officially for me, please. Well, if I break up, I'm sorry. We're uh, in the middle of uh, country Pennsylvania. Yes. So my name is Cash Memphis. Wonderful to meet all of you guys. Um, a little bit about Cash was um, the story starts about uh, maybe two and a half years ago uh, when I was fired from the organizational church um, and my life was turned upside down. Um, why do I lead with that? Because that's kind of where Cash Memphis starts or Cash Memphis. I always say Cash Memphis. So that's, you know, forgive me. But um, so I remember going back to that night because it was it was one of the most vital appointment, uh, appointments and divine appointments in my life, even though it felt like trash. You know, I felt horrible. And during the worst time of my life, God puts this dream on my heart. Okay, so knowing that I was a pastor, let's go back a little bit and tell you that I was medically retired from the military for breaking my back, jumping out of airplanes, you know. And so there's another God story there. But the reason I tell you that is because most of my life, even as a child, I grew up in brokenness, you know not by my design or anyone else's, but by God's allowance. And so that kind of sets the precept for saying, man, you know, you got this guy whose real name is Brian Havens. And now Brian Havens is, he, he, he wants to be Cash Memphis. 
and he wants he's so sick and tired of either who he's become and and I was sick and tired of looking at myself in the mirror and the night I was fired it nearly tore my family apart I lost my job and then months later I would continue to lose we would lose everything almost um with the exception of maybe a vehicle but um that night I decided that I was sick and tired of living the way I was living. And, you know, I just, I felt as if God was challenging me to say, okay, you'd live this way long enough. Now, if, if I'm sitting here telling you I was perfect, I'd be lying. Now that's for me to accept my fault and, and the many situations in life, but to say that God allowed me to be here for a reason. That night, I, you know, with nothing, knowing where I was at, I prayed to God and said, you know, I've spent my whole life pleasing other people, and I've spent my whole life, you know, working to please other people, but I don't feel like I ever lived my life trying to please you, and it, it, it just broke my heart that one, I came to this place, but that now I have the people that you've been charged, you, you've put in my care that I'm been charged with to take care of, and, and I'm failing. So inside my heart and inside my mind, you know, the scripture says you got to kill the old man off inside, and that's kind of exactly, it's exactly what I wanted to do. I, I no longer wanted to be myself. I wanted to be this. And God gave me the blessing that night. But it's been a very long couple hard years, right? So that's where Cash Memphis starts off. He starts writing his first rap song back in October 2018. And here we are today, getting ready to release new hit single, You Are Enough. Man, we'll have to come back and tell them the story about this. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. And that was a deep dive. <laughs> that works. Yeah. I only know one thing. It's deep. <laughs> That's good. You guys, this should set the tone for this whole interview. You better be ready. We're going to get into something deep. So go ahead, if you will. And before we get started in the interview and sharing this awesome scripture that you shared with me um, backstage here uh, with the audience, actually, how about we pray and go ahead Absolutely. and just cover this whole interview in, in his grace and uh, provision. Heavenly Father. We approach you this morning just asking that you would meet us where we're at today. And for those who are listening, Father, I pray a special blessing upon their lives today, Lord. Allow them to see you in your goodness. Allow them to see that you love them. And allow them to see themselves how you see them, forgiven, free, identified with the name of Christ. Father, pour your spirit on us today. 
may we be changed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See, this is not good. I'm already tearing up over here. What do you got me doing, man? So let's jump into this because I, you know. So good. If so you good. would, we're, we're going to go into 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And as you're going there, we're going to be turning to verses 19 and 20. Let me preach at you for a second here. And this is talking about the love life that God's assigned to you. And he says this. Oh, brother, hold Your on one identity. second. Hold on one second. You're cutting out a little bit there. Course it would be right when we start talking about scripture. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, try Am again. I good now? Yeah, you're good now. Go okay. go hurry. <laughs> so if, you, if you're if you're still with me, folks, okay, we're gonna start in um first Corinthians chapter seven, verses nineteen and twenty. I'll be reading out of the Passion Translation. And this is talking about living the life that God has assigned to you, you individually, right? And this is through Paul's words. He says, your identity before God has nothing to do with your search. So mass commandments. So everyone should be, everyone should continue to live faithful in the situation of life which they were called to follow jesus hey, so brother. what is why hey. am i talking about that today why is that <laughs> brother <scripture? laughs> you're, you're cutting out again um hold on a second let me read the scripture um and then we'll go from there maybe they they won't cut out <laughs> all right so 19 and 20 circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing but what matters is the keeping of the commandments of god each man must remain in that condition in which he was called. And then this is the NASB, but I can pull up. I'll go ahead and get started talking about it, and I'll pull up the uh, Passion Translation just for the listeners. Okay? Okay. So in the Passion Translation, we look at what she just read, and, and as she's going to read that, why is that? Why is the scripture important to me? Why might it be important to you today? And, you know, just from my perspective as a creator, my perspective as a rapper, a songwriter, um, an author, I like to be able to teach people how to connect their walk with their craft and how to process life with inside of that. And so this scripture is really important to me because I'm looking at those circumstances and I'm saying to myself, my following Jesus has nothing to do with my circumstances. My following Christ has nothing to do whether I'm circumcised or uncircumcised. Yes, they're kind of talking about that in Jewish tradition that, hey, if you were, if, if you were the 
if you were saved, you would be circumcised physically. So that is to suggest, well, what is God saying here? What you look like, whether you're circumcised, uncircumcised, your circumstances, all of those things that that reign right in that peace absolutely do not matter. The only thing that matters in this situation is the Son of God. You know, I, I often like to tell people, they say, well, you know, man, you got like this Forrest Gump kind of story, right? And then I'm like, yeah, that's that's cruel and all, but like, what'd you have to go through to get there, right? What'd you have to do to get to this point? And, and certainly, the only thing that I can say that has helped me is holding Jesus's hand. That's it doesn't make it easier, doesn't make things harder. If you, it, it's about the holding of the hand. He's saying that it's not going to be easier if you walk through it, but I'm certainly going to walk through it with you. Now, I come from being a military gentleman, um, and I served you know, just roughly 14 years and before being medically retired. And one of the things that we always talked about in the service was, is that, man, you know, would you be willing to die for that person, right? There's something in that. There's only two people that die for your freedom in the world. Those who are out protecting freedom physically in Jesus Christ, right? So let's be real. And Jesus is the only perfect one. So... When we look at our circumstances, while they might not be ideal, they're probably perfect for right where God wants us. So we have to identify with Christ. We have to identify that he's with us. And even through the junk and the garbage that we walk through in life, it's still going to be garbage. It's still going to be junk. But everybody likes to have someone who can help lift a few extra garbage bags, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I think we have to identify in Christ. I mean, our identity, who we are, is found in him. What I do is not found in him. Everything I've done to this point is, you know, there are words that have come for me. It's maybe how God uses me. But it does nothing in comparison to the words of God. It does nothing in comparison to God using us. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter how bad you are. Just doesn't matter. Because when your identity is found in him, you already have everything you need for your circumstances, everything you have to meet the battle, to meet the, you know, the enemy on the battlefield. That's the way I like to live. Every day is a mission for me. Missiology, baby. <laughs> We are totally going to get into that here in a minute. I'm going to go ahead and read the Passion Translation. And it is a little bit different um, and a little bit more clear as to identity. And so 19 and 20 in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the Passion Translation says, Your identity before God has nothing to do with circumcision or uncircumcision. 
What really matters is following God's commandments. So everyone should continue to live faithful in the situation of life in which they were called to follow Jesus. And I'm going to expand down here on the footnotes, which I find quite interesting. That's probably why technology was running down there a little bit. But, um, so circumcision is nothing, uncircumcision is nothing, it says. No doubt this statement was a tremendous shock to the Corinthians. To the Jews, it would be earth-shaking, for circumcision was the outward sign of God's covenant with Abraham and his descendants. Paul, as elsewhere, places the emphasis not on outer things, but on an inward transformation that longs to please God. And then 20's footnotes says, Paul is teaching that no matter what a person's situation is in life, the real change needed is not just in circumstances, but in a heart that is willing to be faithful to God in all things. We often wish we could be in different circumstances instead of looking for opportunities to serve God where we are. Right, and that that, that hits me even that it hits me even right now, you know, when he's talking back backstage, and um, you know, I just sit there and I think like without this scripture, like now to here's to help understand Cash the family man, because this is what my family and I sit down and walk through every Sunday morning. You know, I'll get up, we'll make breakfast, or I'll make breakfast, and. You know, I do the kingdom cook thing, right? I'm like, it begins. No. And so, but I'll cook <laughs> breakfast. And then we'll sit down and we'll sit down for an hour or so and we'll just talk it out. You know what I mean? And we'll go through it and we'll regurgitate it. And what does it mean to you? I mean, it, it's church the way I, I believe most parents to include men to be leading their families too often we say let me go down to the church and i'll sit there and we'll all listen to him and then we go home and there's no authentic dialogue we go like this hey, it was so good you know and and the reality is is that we're asleep in the pews you know? <laughs> i hope not <laughs> well from, from from the stance, uh, I'm not saying physically, but right now there's a movement happening, mm. and I think Paul's speaking this right. The church, I'm not saying the body. Let's let's make it clear. God's body is perfectly used in every way He uses it because He is perfect. What I'm simply talking about is the business perspective of the church. And we've lost sight of that. We look to candy, tithing, cards and culture to guide us when we should be focused on Jesus. And that's alarming. It is. I think COVID was a gift from God that's just how I view it. Um, me personally, that's not to say it is for everyone. So for those who are affected by it, we pray for you. Yeah. But right now, I think we live in such a prophetic and apostolic time that if we're not careful with the dialogue that's going on, 
the church will become the weapon, not the solution. That's not good. Well, because we're fighting not to let our churches close instead of proclaiming the gospel. Right. Yeah. You so, know, there's you know, the, doesn't uh, have anything to do with your circumstances. It's all about Jesus. If your church closes, do you still have Jesus? If your foot gets cut off and you have to have it amputated or, you know, do you still have Jesus, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're living in the reality that we can prolong life. We can't. Right? Everybody's got to get their vaccine. We've got to live longer. We've got to have it all back. And that's not the case. I think the church needs to wake up for what it is. Yeah, we are James, headed into a uncertain time. Yeah, James talks about that, though. You got to be mindful of the fact that, you know, you only have today. Um, I think people really need to, to wrap their minds deeply around the fact that today, while today is still today, you know, this is what you're called to today. That's it. There is no promise of tomorrow. Um, but you know, one of the things that came up when you're talking was, um, <laughs> you talk about being asleep in the pews. I found it funny. And then you, of course, said you weren't talking spiritually or physically, but my mind went spiritually then. What's the other reason you'd be asleep, you know? And, uh, Ephesians 5 says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. You know, and there's a reason that scripture says that, but, you know, it goes on to say, so then be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time. Would you go back, would you go back and read that again? <laughs> arise, just that first part. Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I think that's about the sweetest words I have ever heard for someone who's walking dead, you know what I mean? Think about that, folks. Let's bring the reality back. It's not just April and I having a conversation. Let's bring the reality to it. Answer this question. What is the difference between a choice and a decision? You realize at no point in Scripture does Jesus or anybody say you got to make a choice to follow him? No, because a choice or choices is merely a buffet of options. Whereas the decision pinpoints the accountability of the individual. See, because when you're picking choices, you can get two choices, right? When you decide, you can't run two different directions. He's going, he's, he's, he went deep, folks. You <laughs> better be ready. <laughs> Realize this. Realize this. Every one of us has to make that decision today and tomorrow and the day after. You wake up and choose to be married to your spouse. You wake up and choose. Sometimes some of us wake up and choose like horrific circumstances because we refuse to let go of the things God wants us to let go of. Right? I mean, this is just me, but here lately, we've been looking to government and not to God. Who controls it? It's not the White House. 
It's the throne and another reality and another dimension that is in control. And his name is Jesus, the Son of God. That's how it works. There is no and or but. You decide that or decide against that. But don't stay in the middle because God really hates that. Sad. Don't pretend to be lukewarm because he'll spit you right out. You got to make that decision. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not even saying anything right now. I'm just sitting back and watching and listening. <laughs> the, reality, the reality of it is, is that for and and I want to invite your listeners into my heart. So, because I, I feel like some of them may be saying, well, you know, I don't think he really understands. Folks, I came to Jesus when I was 10 years old. That weekend, I was forced to walk away with him by, you know, going back into my living environment when I was a kid. Right? Then you grow up, divorce parents, or, you know, life affects you. And I'm not saying that, you know, I hold that against my parents or anything like that. But, hey, when certain things in life change at certain times, you're going to be affected. Whether it's that boyfriend, whether it's that divorce, whether it's that this, whether it's that that. And when I say whether it's that that, what I mean is that that is a big thing. It's, it's that big thing that you just got to have that keeps you from letting go and holding on to Jesus. You can't hold on to one thing and hold on to another and be stretched two separate directions. We're living in a time where decision is key, timing is key. When you go through these things, jumping out of airplanes, broken body, spiritually broken. I don't even feel like I've begun to know who Jesus is. You know what I'm saying? So when I look at it and I say, I'm not, I'm not tearing down the church, folks. What I'm saying is, is I've been deeply affected to the core of my being. And I can no longer go along with being unauthentic, not living every day like it's my last. I can't go along with the system when the system is failing. The system has failed us. We've held on to poppy worship. We've held on to big bands. Again, you know, and, and everything in the modern day church. And this isn't all church organizations. Because the true church, I don't think, is looking for sweet taste. They know where the sweet taste is. And that's just, for me, I've been affected so deeply that I believe like Paul, we need to be sharing truth with our pastors, 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 pastors. You are responsible firstly for that church. And you will be held accountable. And if, if you don't want to take it from me, you can wait and find out. But I'm telling you from my experience. 
Wake your church up. They've been standing behind the pulpit too long talking about how good God is. We need to start talking about his wrath. We need to start talking about how, yes, he is a gracious God. But grace, that whole concept of grace is running out. Well, Paul even says in scripture, you know, it's, and I love the passage the way he says it, because in the writings, it's like, he uses the phrase, surely not, over the course of that whole letter he's writing. And it's like, should we, you know, grace abounds, but should sin abound even more? Surely not. Surely not. And I think we're just at that point where, you know, the, the, the passion on my heart is one arrive. There are people who are dreamers, who are believers, who are sleeping. And then there are people who are sleeping, who are sleeping. So I see two sleepers in my mind, not necessarily in scripture, but those who know what they're supposed to do and don't do it. And those who don't know God and don't know what they're supposed to do, and they don't know how to find him. Now, the thing is, the responsibility falls back on. You're responsible to believers and to unbelievers. Both. Every opportunity, every day, 100%. Because if you're not 100% for God every day, every second, you do not know how many opportunities God is missing. We haven't even talked about, you know, music because this is the vital stuff. The music, that doesn't matter. We're talking about how do you, as a person, stand firm in what you believe, live that out. walk up to the gates of hell rip the gates open and steal somebody back Uh are you passionate enough that you would charge the gates of hell because if you're not God doesn't want people like that and I'm not saying he doesn't want you but he says if you're lukewarm he'll spit you out that means ugh vomit yeah It's a protrusion. That means God cannot use you because you are unwilling to be teachable and submit. He can't use you is what he's saying. I can't use you until you let me get you there. I'm in, he's he's saying I'm in control, but it's up to you to know what's going on. I'm here waiting with orders every day. If you don't show up and get those orders, that's on you. Maybe you maybe you like grocery shopping. And you say, well, I can't, I can't be that picture of Jesus every day to somebody. You know, my passion would be this. Nope, you cut out again, brother. 
missiology, missiological. What does that mean? It means living on mission. All the time. <laughs> Hold on one second. So repeat to them what that was. It's so funny, right? When you start to share it, it cut out. I mean, it's not funny, but it was just like <laughs> missiology. Like, tell them about okay, it. Because... So missiology, missiological lifestyle, right? It means to live on mission and simply you say, well, how do, I, how do I live on mission? You do it every day by taking Jesus, holding his hand, medically with you to the grocery store when you're doing your shopping and your daily routine, right? And allow Jesus to interrupt your daily routine. Allow him to use you in that, that space. Maybe you're just shopping. Maybe you run into someone you ain't seen in years. And I said ain't. Yep, that's how we do it in rap. <laughs> and the country. <laughs> you might run into someone you haven't seen in years. You might have an opportunity that God wanted you to have. Everything in life, preparation, study, and loving people, most importantly, for who they are, not for what you want them to be. You're just supposed to love like God. God will do the rest. He's just asking you to, to, to lay on the, the, the dinner table. And we talked about this earlier. You, when, you, when you build a puzzle... Sometimes that if you're a puzzle piece, you've got to learn to lay on the table and wait for your turn to be placed into the puzzle. Yeah, there's because a lot to don't, talk about. With, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, if you don't, let's say you get crazy, you get out of hand, you're like, I just, you know, for whatever reason, right that that could be very critical because if you don't listen to God then the puzzle's not complete which means it's, it affects everybody else you know so, what though even God, if you even if you think that you're hearing God and you're just getting misled or whatever but like how many times have you tried to fit the wrong piece of a puzzle into the wrong spot? But what does he say? He says, search me. You know, I think when we get to heaven, we'll realize we're anything. Right? Because when we stand before God, like, you know, I don't see God saying, here's everything you did wrong. I think he'll be like, yeah, you didn't see this receiver taking the, you know, open on the left side of the field, right, kind of thing. And, you know, it's kind of like coaching you up. But, like, it, at that point, it's like Jesus is our everyday coach. We have to let him show us how to do things. His way. Let me walk the way you walk. Let me talk the way you talk. 
Let me put it down so people don't end up lined in chalk. Let me put it down for the one who got upon the stalk. I'm talking trees, the one nailed together to set us free. I'm telling you, maybe this isn't, maybe I'm not your style of guy. You know, this, you know, and I, I'm not saying that as a point of intention, but, you know, hearing, man, you know, you're loud or, and, you know, not, not, not that it's a bad thing. Most of my life, I've just kind of been this energetic ball of energy that just, you know, feels like you're going to ignite in flames when Jesus gets a hold of you. And I guess the only is because that's all I have. That's all I have. Paul even says in his word, I get paid by pouring love and pouring Christ into others. Not that other apostles shouldn't be paid. said, so, but that's how I get paid. And it would be, I would rather someone kill me than to be able to take the words that flow from my mouth, basically. For it would be pure, it would be pure hell, basically, if, if he could not pour them into people. Paul's kind of right now, besides Jesus, he's a little bit like my best friend. So I come back to book cap it and say, it's been a long, lonely, broken road. But the only thing I've had, he's been there all along. You can't, there, there's nothing you can do to pay for that. There's no kind of money that buys that kind of peace. There is no kind of object that fulfills your heart, your tummy, your life, like Jesus. You don't know what you're missing out on if you don't know him. I'm telling you now. I, I could care less about talking about music. The only reason I do it is because it allows me to proclaim his his worthiness. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I got you. So, you know, the segment's called Folks like, Being Out. You're, you're, you're hitting my little, you know, because like they send out those little alerts. Yeah. And right after I finished saying that, that was when it got off. I must have been picking Satan off because a little danger sign came up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, the segment's called Focusing on God and the Music for a Reason. <laughs> the whole point is to focus on God and then apply that to how we, you know, how we engage as, you know, musicians, as songwriters, as people walking it out in that industry. And you've already shared that, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it's about. So, uh, Jesus is front and center and he's always there. He's ever present and it doesn't matter what you're going through. 
He's going to be there. And what does that look like in your walk with God? Well, it looks like figuring out who you are and whose you are in Christ. There's a who and a whose, and those two pieces need to be put together. And you find that in the Word of God and prayer and spending time with Him and investing in Him throughout your day and seeing how to be the light. And what does that look like? And and so those things are, you know, those are really heavy topics, yes, that he's delving into, but Cash is just sharing his heart and his insight into his own personal walk. And, and if his story I mean, with, makes a difference. Without all of that, you yeah. don't, without all of that, you don't get this. Without all of our pain, you don't get the blessing. Without all of, Without all of, this is what I like to say, what we say in, used to say in the military, or I used to say in the military, I feel like, you know, I say it like I'm still in, but, you know, it's like, you, you, you got to train that way in the trenches, right? We need to stop looking at every day like it's uh, mall shopping and start looking at it like we're on the battlefield. Facts or facts, you know? Um, you know, there's just a lot of ways that we operate as the church. And I mean, I know everybody's noticed across the entire United States, our country is still kind of half shut down, semi quasi, everything's just kind of out of loop, right? Isn't it interesting that when Satan steps into the picture with Jesus, and he, he comes in to strike his heel. He's like, if you just bow to me, I'll give all of this to you. Now think about this. Our society's continuing to degrade. Donald War. You're cutting out again, brother. Or, um, are you still with me? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's like, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Sorry, folks. We got that country internet, man. <laughs> I just saw you like you were in this pose, though. It was like, it, it was cool. <laughs> so... I guess the point and what I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, when we look at the broader perspective of things, Satan steps in the picture and says, if you just bow to me, I'll give it all back to you. And I look at that as an end time scenario, someone who comes to save the world and, you know, pretends to be Jesus and if you just bow to me, I'll give it all back to you. You can have all of this. Folks, right now is the time when we need to be found in Jesus. Our identity should be found in his person, in his spirit, and in his word. That's where we should be found. Well, and that, it really doesn't even matter. You you actually started this out with, like, not being concerned with circumstances. And, and I'll just segue into that real quick. It doesn't matter if your circumstances are great. It doesn't matter if you're surrounded by an encampment of enemies. You know, fear not, for God is with you. Um, you know, it's one of those things where 
we just have to understand that our circumstances don't define who we are. Jesus Christ defines who we are. And if you don't know what that definition is, then seek sound counsel. You know, I encourage you to find other brothers and sisters in Christ who have found their identity in Christ and who can testify to that and, you know, show you what worked for them to figure that out for themselves. You know, there's always going to be the brothers and sisters in Christ that that are in the body that you can reach out to and you you'll know them by the fruit. You know, um, a bad tree doesn't bear good fruit and vice versa. A good tree doesn't bear bad fruit. And so you're going, it's not, fruit is not money. Fruit is not things this world, food, you know, fruit is not riches. It's, it's character. It's, it's being able to exemplify the character of God. And you can only determine that by learning what his character is through his word. And so. There's just so much time investment that, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, you know, wherever you can find the time, just get plugged into the word of God is the encouragement in this because you, that's where it begins. It's um, living in active and sharper than any two-edged sword and, and divines between, you know, it, it just, it determines between good and evil and what's light and what's dark. It splits the difference. You will know. And in the truth, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. <laughs> but yeah. You know, and I, you know, a lot of people would say, as far as, you know, it's like, I encourage everybody. A lot of people say this. Well, I encourage you because the resources are out there to have a good mentor. Everybody should have a mentor, right? Well, I kind of agree with that, but let me caveat it. Any mentor who does not invest in you more than you invest yourself is not a mentor. It's a paid membership. Oh yeah, don't yeah, so, don't go seeking a mentorship in <laughs> in paid marketing. <laughs> don't do that. Right. I say that there are people who are available to say Man, I can plug you into a good group of loving people, no matter where you're at. Or, you know, the whole goal in this is to network as a body. You know, I mean, we're not perfect because we're not we're not made perfect again yet, right? So, it's not like we can operate telepathy or anything as if we could understand each other's thoughts. So, but what we have to do is, is we have to find, let God find us the right person that says, hey, I got this person. I feel like God is leading me to help this person in a specific area. There we go again. God's getting missiological. He's asking you to do something for someone other than yourself. And our world doesn't understand that. You have to understand whether you're one that has to be up front or if you're one that has to be in the background. Sometimes God wants you in the background. Sometimes he wants you in the front. But it's never about us. It's always about him. And I think any time, like imagine if you came to God and you said, God, save me. He's like, oh, I only save you about 70% because that's the kind of God I am. He'd never say that. 
It'd be like a mentor saying, well, I charged this much and I put in this much time. Find yourself a good person who's willing to invest in you. I've not had that always, but that's the reason I'm always available. I can't stand the, the distance between people and knowing that how could I not be available not knowing where they stand spiritually. There's yeah. a bigger picture. Bigger picture. Yep. Yes, there is. Man, we have covered because so much. Reality, <laughs> if we would support one, if we would if we would support one another spiritually, right? We would really find that once you once you're able to operate as believers and you learn how to do that, you learn how to operate and let Jesus take them. It's almost like things become perfect. Like perfect. I'm 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 not kidding you. I mean, you it's not to say that you won't have bumps and bruises. But you can't expect that you're going to turn to Jesus today and tomorrow your life's going to be perfect. You're expecting to get perfection. You're going to be upset because you'll never reach it till heaven. So that's my passion, man. Living missiology, souls and crowns. Music comes after that. But we are living in a vital time. Yep. Just uh, ensure, obviously, that encouragement with the music side of things is just making sure that whatever you do and whatever you put pen to paper to glorifies the Lord. And that's being mission-minded with missiology focus. <laughs> I think there's something to be said today that, you know, you know music is really taking a hit these days. Um, you know? Um, I always believe that God had something special for me. And I had to walk in that. And it doesn't, it didn't just happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. But you got to believe in yourself. And maybe you're like, well, how can I get up tomorrow? Just get up. Okay. And then when you get up, and you find the nerve to do something else, do something else. You know, maybe God's not calling you to be president of a big corporation or something like that. Maybe he's calling you to be the best, you know, waste sanitation person possible. You know, maybe he's calling, maybe he's calling you to bring a scent of heaven to, to, cleaning buildings i don't know and i'm just i'm 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 so in love with jesus that like if he wanted me to change his trash cans i'd be fine with that you know even jesus sat there and had to explain all of this to the disciples around the table i mean everybody was like well, who's the greatest of us, Jesus? You know, which one yeah, of us is the best? <laughs> <laughs> but he turned around and, like, even after they objected multiple times, he said, you know, let me wash your feet. And at that time, culturally, that was not something that any of them would have done. 
And it was beyond their thought process to even think to put themselves that low. I mean, how, how, why would we, why would we ever do such a thing, you know? And so, um, but Jesus did it and there's a prime example and there's a lot of intimacy uh, to learn in that story, but just to glean a tiny bit of it, you know, one of the messages, because there's tons of messages in that story. And I encourage you to read it, really study it, meditate on it, pray, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you a little bit deeper on what that scripture really is talking about. But one of them is, you know, being a servant and having a servant's heart for others and loving others to the point that you would do whatever it is. It doesn't matter, but you would do whatever it is to help them. And if just in a small way you are able to help someone else, I encourage you to do it. And I know Cash is right alongside with me. Help others, love others, teach others, share with others, learn from others, grow with others, build one another up, motivate each other, encourage one another, inspire one another to the good works and the love that we're called to do. You know, and it's just... There's a lot to say about it, but I'm just going to go ahead and, and wrap this up now because we've been at this for an hour now, <laughs> but, but um, you want to, I usually close in prayer, but do you want to go ahead and um, close this out in, in prayer and cover the audience real quick, brother? Do you have, oh, do you have any final thoughts to say and, and how can they get connected with you too before we do that? Oh, yeah. So if you guys are are interested in following, you guys can obviously um, hit me on social medias. Um, if you're interested in listening to any of my new music or the stuff that's getting ready to drop. Um, or no, it has dropped. So um, right about there. Yeah. So um, if you can find that, you can find me on Spotify and then. If you want to do that, um, you can go over to Apple Music, any of those places. So I'm on basically all major platforms with the exception of SoundCloud. And you can visit me at KodakPurple.com. So here's my final thoughts. We'll go a music note before I cover you guys in prayer. A lot of people ask me, what does Kodak Purple mean? If you go back and listen to Kodak Purple, what I'm about to tell you will make sense, especially if you listen through it all the way like a traditional album. It simply means this. Kodak, by definition, is defined as a moment. Purple, in my heart, is defined by the color on the ecumen scale when Jesus walks out of the grave. That color is purple. So purple identifies as Jesus walking out of the grave. And if you want to solve the puzzle, then you flip them. It almost be like saying purple Kodak, but saying it backwards, and it means Jesus moment. Jesus so that's my Jesus moment. moment. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You were getting out there, so I wanted to make sure that they heard that. Yeah, Jesus moment. <laughs> you had <laughs> the internet and the signal and everything was perfect until the very, very end. 
when you said the Jesus moment kicker line. I was like, man, that was it. That was the tagline. God did hear that, and they want to keep copping out on the signal on us. That means Jesus moment. So <laughs> let me pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so pleased to be able to visit with April and our lovely guests. Lord, I thank you for all of them. And I pray for the person that this might touch. Lord, speak to their heart now. Father, you're waking up your people. You're giving dreams and visions to your people. And as we pray, I would just caution us to, to remain available to your needs. Because every time in Scripture, well, not every time, but most times in Scripture, when you show up and you do something miraculous, you show up needing something. Let us be attentive to you, Jesus. Let us proclaim your name. Let us seize the opportunity to bring you back in the greatest time of all history. Let us be faithful. Let us be disciplined. And let us be focused on how we chase you, how we live for you. That all you've called us to might come to fruition only by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Y'all, you heard where he's, he's able to be connected. Cash Memphis, Kodak Purple. You got his. And oh. I, I sat there and I got confused on, on it. But you are enough. Look for it. It's coming. Oh, yeah. He's got a new song coming out. You are enough, you guys, for real. Like, be on the lookout for that. It's going to be awesome. This, this one will literally make you shake your hips until your pants don't fit no more. Oh, no. That's how awesome the song is. <laughs> Why? Yeah. You were so good the whole interview. Why that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, love you guys. <laughs> Yeah, love you guys. Make sure to tune in next week for another episode of the RSVP show with your host, me, April Metzler. God bless you guys. Bye. Don't forget to connect with Cash Memphis at KodakPurple.com and on Facebook at Cash.Memphis.